Well, what a great reminder in this time of worship this morning of the goodness of our incredible God. That, you know, when things are hard, when things are tough, his grace is always sufficient. And when we don't understand things, his grace is sufficient. Yeah, this morning we are, we are supposed to be uh, going on in our series on the Sermon on the Mount talking about uh, the issue of lust and adultery. But as this week unfolded and, and as I prayed, I just felt like the Holy Spirit leaning in a different direction. That this morning, that the body of Christ, that this body needs a word of encouragement. That need, we need to be comforted. You know, we gather together this morning and it was awesome to, to, to worship with the body of Christ. You know, it's been, a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, and especially for some of you. You know, we have watched you grieve the loss of a loved one. You know, we've, I've been to way too many um, uh, calling hours over the last couple of weeks um, because people have lost loved ones. And, and life can be hard. And, and life is sometimes tough. And so as a body, when, when, when one part of the body hurts, and you know, this morning, the Stolzfuses and the Barkmans and the Weavers, you know, they're experiencing pain because of the loss of, of, of someone that they loved. And, and some of you may be experiencing other types of issues, marital issues, uh, work-related stress, financial stress. But when one part of the body hurts, we gather together to surround them with our love and we hurt with them. But you know, when we turn to God's word, his word is always encouraging when we are down. And so this week, as I was processing and praying, um, I believe the Lord led me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. So if you would turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and hear... The Apostle Paul is, is struggling with life and actually coming to the end of his life. And so he's going through a hard time. Um, he's ready to give up his life. And so as Paul is, is nearing the end of his life, as he's going through this struggle in his life, these are the words that he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and my time, the time has come for my departure. You know, I'm getting ready to leave this life. And then Paul looks back on his life, and this is what he says. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward, reward to me on that day. And not only for me, but also for those who have longed for his appearing. And for me, those were encouraging words. Because those words tell me that, that if, I, if I live 
the life, the way that Paul lived, there is in store for me a reward of righteousness, the crown of righteousness. And this week, you know, the last couple weeks as I've heard, um, and especially yesterday at the funeral of Ken Stolzfus, as people looked back on his life, they saw and they remembered that he had run a good race, that he had fought the good fight, and that there is in store for him something far greater than we can ever imagine or hope for. And for me, that's encouraging because you see, the reality is that this body that I live in, this body that I occupy is very, very temporary. It doesn't matter if I live a hundred years or if I live 30 years. This life is but a mist. It is a and then it's over. And if you're sitting here and you're 80 years old, you know that life has passed you by just like that. And if you're sitting here and you're 18 years old, life will pass you by just like that because it is very, very temporary. 2 Corinthians, Paul, verse 5, uh, verse, verse, chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says that now we know that if, if, this, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we will have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands, but meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed With our heavenly dwelling, this tent I live in is slowly but surely deteriorating and dying. And we watch ourselves slowly, slowly dying and going away. But here's the good news. There is prepared for me this building this permanent structure that I will one day occupy. That is good news. But the reality is that it's only temporary. Where you're at now is only temporary. You see, as a Christian, I can take comfort in and look forward to what lies ahead. You see, when I take my last breath here in the land of the dying, I will find myself in the land of the living. D.L. Moody said it best. When he said, someday you will read in the paper that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. He said, don't believe a word of it because it is at that moment I should be more alive than I am now. You know, those loved ones that you have lost over the past several weeks, you know, they are more alive than they have ever been before. That is good news. That's exciting. That's comforting. But the reality is we will suffer in this body. We will suffer hard experiences in this life. But the suffering, although painful, pale in comparison to what lies ahead. Paul in Romans chapter 8 said, I consider our, our present suffering are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us, in us. 
The creation, it waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Do you hear that? The sufferings that we experience here on earth are not even worth mentioning compared to the glory that we will experience the day that we take the last breath here on earth. Good news. But as Paul reflects on his life and looks back on on what was behind him, He was able to say with confidence as he ran the race, he was able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And I hope that day that that I reflect on my life, when I'm ready to take my last breath, I can look back and I can say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. You see, those words fight, it means to agonize. You know, I have been saved by Jesus Christ to serve him. Ephesians 2.10 says, You have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for me to do. Philippians 3 verse 4 says, But whatever was profit to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost everything. I consider them rubbish. And actually, you could take that word and you could put the word, and I can say that here, it could be, it is crap compared to what I gain in Christ. Now, that may be offensive to you, but that is how serious Paul was. It is rubbish for what I gain in Christ. You see, when Paul said, I have fought the good fight, what he was saying is, I have lived this life without regret. When when my Savior told me to go, I went. You see, in Matthew chapter 28, the Bible says that, that I am to go and make disciples of all nations. I'm to go. I'm to serve. I'm to live my life for my Savior because everything else is rubbish. Am I fighting the good fight? Because Paul looked back and he said, I have fought the good fight. In Galatians he wrote, Let us not become weary in doing good for in proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of God. Let us not become weary in doing good. Let us fight the good fight. Let us live life so that we have no regrets when the end of our life here on earth comes. Paul in 1 Timothy said, But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and endurance and gentleness. That is the good fight. And he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Let's not live life here on earth as if we're going to be here forever. This is a tent. Let's live life laying up treasures in heaven. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. And may we fight the good fight of faith. Now, sometimes we get tired in this struggle. And maybe you're tired this morning and you're ready to give up. 
But we can't give up. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. And Paul says, not only did I fight the good fight, but I have finished the race. Now, some of your translations may say, I have finished the course. You see, because this, this, the, the race is the course that has been set out for us to run. All of us have a course to run. You as a follower of Christ have a course to run. Are you running that race? Are you completing that course that has been set out for you? Because what I've heard over the last several weeks of these men that 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 are were highly respected they ran the race they completed the course that had been set out for them i want to run the race i want to run it with perseverance i want to run this race well in philippians chapter 3 paul said not that i have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize to which Christ Jesus, which I have been, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on, press on, move forward, strain towards the goal that he has set out for you. That's what this life is about. It's about fighting the good fight. It's about, it's about running the race, the course that has been set out for you. Let's not live life with regrets. Let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Paul looked back. Paul had no regrets. Then he said, not only have I run the race, not only have I fought the good fight, but I have kept the faith. Now, that word kept in the Greek speaks um, of, of guarding as a soldier guards a precious treasure that is committed to him to care for. It's a picture of a Roman soldier guarding it with his very life. And Paul says, guard the faith with your very life. Guard it. Guard it with, with, a, with a bandit. You know, in, in Acts chapter 20, Verse 24, it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me, the task of testifying the gospel of God's grace. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound doctrine. With faith and love in Christ. And listen, this, guard the good deposited that was tr entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Guard the faith. Guard this. Guard his word. Guard what he has given us. You know, our world is becoming increasingly polluted with false doctrine and false teaching. What Paul says is, guard the faith, guard truth. And when you look back on your life, and when I look back on my life, my prayer is that I could say, I guarded the faith, I guarded God's word, I preached the truth, I told the truth, and I have no regrets for the way that I guarded the faith.
So Paul said, as Paul looked back, he had no regrets on the way that he lived his life. But then Paul looked forward. He looked forward to to the reward for living that faithful life. The crown of righteousness. You know, there is in store for me this crown of righteousness. And Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Now, because, because I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now, he says, there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all of those who long for his appearing. There is stored up, safely deposited with God, a reward for my service and for your service. There's a reward waiting for you. You know, in Matthew, it says that do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven that can never be taken away, where where rust cannot destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. You see, when we take our last breath, the only thing that we take with us is, is the eternal rewards that we have been building up. And when I heard yesterday the life of Ken Stalsfus, he has stored up for himself treasure in heaven. It wasn't the airplanes that he flew or the business that he built that impacted people. It was the treasures that he laid. It was the way that he lived his faith. That's what people will remember. That's how I want to be remembered. And when I live that faithful life, the promise that I have is that I will receive this crown of righteousness. You know, Paul looked forward to this reward that was in store for him, this crown of life. You know, James calls it the crown of life. Peter calls it the crown of glory. But that day when I run this race faithfully, I will receive the righteousness of my Redeemer. You know, last week or two weeks ago in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see, our satisfaction comes from that which we long for, and that is righteousness. You know, the day that I accept Jesus Christ, his righteousness is imputed on me, is placed upon me. And as I live this life, I, I'm, I'm, I desire to live a life of righteousness. But I struggle in that life of righteousness because, you see, until the day that I die, I will battle with sin. And sin sticks to us like a sweaty shirt, and that should, sweaty shirts should come really clear to you Oh, after the last couple of weeks of hot sin sticks to me like that sweaty shirt has stuck to you over the last couple of weeks. But here's the exciting thing. The day that I die and when I have been faithful, sin will no longer have a hold on me because I will be made completely righteous. I will be sinless. I will no longer have those struggles against sin. Second Peter chapter 3 says, but in keeping with his promise, we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. 
I will be made completely righteous when I meet my Jesus. But it is only at the completion of this battle that we fight that his righteousness will be made perfect in me. And when I take my final breath and I stand before my Savior, I will receive this crown of righteousness from his very hand. And you know, it doesn't get any more exciting than that. You see, what Paul was saying here is I am looking forward to this crown of righteousness. I'm looking forward to being free from sin. I'm looking forward to being eternally perfect. I'm looking forward to seeing my Savior face to face. I'm looking forward to the day when I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many. I look forward to that day. And there are parts of me that are jealous that, 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 um, that Cannon and, and Ben and Emmanuel, those guys that have, have passed away in the last couple of weeks, that they've been able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. But one day I too will enter eternity with Jesus forever. And I will experience what Jesus has been preparing for me and you will experience what he's been preparing for you since he left this earth. Remember John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. But I think the greatest thing of the day that I meet my Savior is that meeting. It's not the things he has prepared for me. It is that meeting with my Jesus face to face to receive my crown of righteousness. So is it worth fighting the fight? Is it worth running the race? Is it worth keeping the faith? Paul said, I consider these present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. Yes, running the race is, it is worth it. All of those struggles that you go through are worth it. All of that persecution that you go through is worth it. All the times you get made fun of for your faith, absolutely it is worth it because there is prepared for you this crown of righteousness. There is prepared for you, as Revelation 22 says, listen to, listen to what is prepared for you. John, when he looked at the new heaven and the new earth, he says, The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. And down the middle of the street of this great city, on each side the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves and the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. You know, no longer will there be cancer or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. None of that will exist anymore because we will be in the presence of God, the throne of God, and the Lamb of the and, and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will need they will not need the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. 
I look forward to that day. But I don't want to look back with regret on my life that I have not fought the good fight, that I have not run the race, that I have not kept the faith. You know, Paul also in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it's the great chapter on the resurrection, speaks of, of how incredible this resurrection of the body will be. It's chapter 15, talking about the resurrection of the dead and, and, and how one day we will all be resurrected. And when he gets to the end of this chapter, he asks this question, Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death no longer has victory over us. Then he ends this um, with saying, therefore, and that means as a result of what, you've, what I've just said about death not having victory over us, and, and death having lost its sting, he says, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. And my challenge to you is this morning is that stand firm. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord wherever that finds you whether that is in the workplace or in ministry or in school, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because your labor will not be in vain. That's good news. And so I take comfort in the fact that, that this body will not be here forever. And I desire to run the good race. And I look forward to the day when I will receive that crown of righteousness. And I, my prayer for you is that, that all of us would take a good look at our lives and reflect and ask ourselves, am I running the race? Am I fighting the fight? Am I keeping the faith? You know, in your bulletins, you have four questions that you're going to be discussing next week in your ABFs. One of them is, what would you want your epitaph to read? How do you want to be remembered? And you know, I want you, maybe that sounds morbid, but I want you to fill that out. How do you want to be remembered? What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? As I thought about that, this is what I want mine to say. Dwayne loved God, loved his family, and loved his fellow man. And lived out his calling to the fullest. So my prayer is that, that people would know that I without a doubt loved my Lord. They would see that I loved my family and that I loved and served my fellow man and that I lived out the calling that God placed upon me. And my prayer for all of us is that we could live our lives in that way. How do you want to be remembered? Think about that. And then ask yourself, am I living my life the way that I want to be remembered? 
Am I living my life the way that I want to be remembered? And you know, your day could be tomorrow. It could be today. It could be at any moment. And it doesn't matter whether you're 16 or 86. How do you want to be remembered? Let's pray. Hmm, Father, this morning I want to echo Paul's words and my prayer for myself, my prayer for all of us that, that as we look back on our lives and even this morning as we look back, we could say, I, have, I am fighting the good fight. I am running the course that has been set out for me. I am keeping the faith. And Lord, for all of us, we know what needs to change. Um, Father, I pray that, that you would give us strength. Lord, we will continue to mess up the way we live. Uh, but Father, give us strength to, to, and passion to live our lives for you. To live our lives to reflect Jesus. To live lives that are attractive to people who are searching. Or that we would never waste our lives and the giftings that you've given us. And Lord, in the quietness of this time, you would show us what needs to change. What priorities, what sins need to be addressed. And Lord, then help us to live life to the fullest and Lord, to look forward to that crown of righteousness, that meeting with our Jesus, that eternity with him. Lord, help us. To, I pray that we would long for that, that we would be just reminded that we are aliens and strangers in this place. And there is a place that is being prepared. So, Father, help us just to have hope. Lord, I pray for the families today that are feeling an empty emptiness lord that you would just give them a hope that there is a great reunion taking place sometime in the future but father i just praise you and i love you for this great gift and pray that we would live our lives faithfully for you it is in your name that we pray amen